I couldn't get that night with Maya out of my head. The night with her replayed in my dream, the pink aura of her grungy studio apartment, her cushiony mattress on the dusty linoleum floor, savory red wine that had been left sitting a day too long, the warped Roberto Carlos record on the turntable, and the blown-out tattoo that curls around her left shoulder and dances down her spine. She was equal parts grit and glam, and I couldn't get enough. I woke up in a sweat to a knock on my bedroom door. Mars, baby, you up? It took me a moment to realize it wasn't her. Uh, yeah, I'll be out in a sec. It was a jagged feeling to wake up after that dream and realize how much Maya was occupying my mind. I wanted to see her again, but that felt complicated. The idea of us seeing each other was very clearly eating at Thorne, despite his reluctance in opening up about those feelings. I wanted to text her, but didn't have anything to say, and chasing these feelings while everything with Thorne is left unresolved just didn't feel right. I pick up my phone to see that it's way later than I'd have liked, and the usual good morning text from Thorne was absent. Before I could even begin to approach any of this, I needed coffee. I go out into the living room to find Alana waiting for me, tangled in the blanket nest we had built the night before, a Super Nintendo controller and a fresh cup of coffee waiting for me on the coffee table. Alana is a literal fucking angel. This was the right space for me to be in. I needed something to focus on, something grounded, something outside my fantasy with Maya. I hop right back into the game. Alright, it's on. Alana lived with her family in Queens, but stayed at our place whenever she needed some space from them. I always look forward to our sleepovers, especially because Alana is the only one who matches my competitive energy at Mario Kart. Well, now I see where all the blankets went. Good morning, beautiful. Wow, your skin looks radiant. Thanks. Did you eat breakfast yet? Where's Alpha? Somebody text them. Isn't the owl doing something weird this weekend? It would be such a trek for them to get here. Thanks, Cuomo. They should be here. Tell them I challenge them to a mushroom cup race. Worth the trek. First place, bitch. Ugh, I give up. Um, guess we had a sleepover with a certain cutie in Sunset Park last night. Alf said they'll be here in an hour. Good, because I need some new competition. Alf and their Sunset Park cutie were tangled in a nest of their own. Certainly not about to race out of bed anytime soon. You sleep okay last night? You felt tense. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been having weird dreams. There's just a lot of stressful family stuff going on. It helps to be next to you, though. Oh, I'm so glad it helps. Do you want to talk about it? No. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, here's the thing. So, my grandpa's in the process of dying. Like, I know everyone is, but he's in, like, accelerated dying. And the thing is, he was really abusive, and it's just bringing a lot of stuff up for my family. Last night I dreamt I was at this airport, but, like, could not get out. And my whole family was there, and it was just, like, really dark and weird. Al felt their stress bubbling up and out of their mouth. With every word, they hesitated, questioned whether it was too much, too fast, but couldn't stop saying what desperately needed to be heard. Jane listened, hugged, and kissed Alf tenderly. She held space for Alf in all the right ways, allowing them to spew all of their fears without judgment. Oh shit, thought Alf. This is getting kind of real. A phone buzzed, interrupting Alf's monologue and bringing them back to Earth. Aw, Byron texted me. They're all playing video games at the house. Um, do you want to come? Nah, I have laundry to do. You should, though. You totally should. I'm taking you away from them enough as it is, and I don't want to be that type of girlfriend. Girlfriend? 
This is getting kind of real. I hope I didn't freak you out with all that. You're not just trying to get me out of your house, are you? (laughs) What? Are you kidding? Jane wrapped her arms around Alf and pulled them close. Alf hadn't noticed how much space had found its way between them while Alf unpacked their family trauma. Alf felt safe here and realized it had been a while since they had really let someone in. I got you. Thank you for sharing all that with me. Alf melted. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'll say I can be there in an hour. Mars is going to hate me after I kick your butt in this race. Well, that gives us some time. By the time Alf made their way over, I had already forfeited the game. Byron made coffee while I rolled a spliff. Alf set champagne and orange juice on the counter. The perfect Saturday morning mixer. Mimosas! We must be celebrating something. My God, tell us everything. Please, anything to get her to stop rubbing defeat in my face. Oh. (laughs) I was happy for Alf. Their infatuation with Jane reminded me of the beginning of my relationship with Thorn. But the thought stung a little. Things have felt strained ever since I hooked up with Maya. Even though he said he was okay with it, I couldn't help but to read between the lines. Didn't help that the lingering fantasy was fully occupying my brain space. I couldn't get either of them off my mind. Maya's spice or Thorn's sour. I decided to bring it up with him the next day. Hey, so can we check in about stuff a little bit? Like, what stuff? I thought the stuff's good. I mean, I I think it is, I guess. Um, I just, like, want to make sure. Are you cool with everything with Maya the other night? Yeah, totally I'm fine and I'm cool. It's good. Well, it doesn't feel cool or good. Yeah? I hated this. I felt stiff. The words wouldn't come out right, and Thorne barely said any at all. Okay, I'm sorry. This is hard. Uh, What I'm trying to say is, ever since I hooked up with Maya... Thorne winced as I said it. He tried not to let it show. Um, ever since that night, things just feel different. You don't big spoon me in bed anymore. When I ask how your day is, you barely give any detail. You seem distracted or preoccupied all the time, and... You say it's cool, but you don't seem cool. It seems like you're having a hard time with this and an even harder time talking about it. I just want you to know that those feelings are okay. A raised hand caught my attention as Thorne took off his glasses to rub his temples. One of those nonverbal cues that tells me he's overwhelmed and is not going to let me in. Non-monogamy is new for you. I get it. It's going to be difficult, but you have to talk to me, babe. I said it was cool. It's new. And I'm just working through it right now, you know? I... I know I can talk to you, and I know if I need to, I will, and you believe me, right? Thorn's walls were not coming down. I didn't know what I was doing wrong or how to do it better. Yeah, I believe you. The next day, Harry still had not texted Byron, despite their warm reception earlier. Byron had expected things to continue getting hot and heavy after their date, but instead was now worried they were being ghosted. And so, ghosts of the past came back. Alex. Despite my eternal warnings, Byron had started to wonder if they should get back in touch with Alex, even after being broken up with over a DM. Byron decided to bring it up to their therapist the next day. So I'm wondering if I should... If I should write a letter to Alex. And not send it? I mean... 
I don't know. Maybe I would send it. What would that give you? Closure? Maybe. Maybe it... Maybe he... I... I don't know. What's going on in the rest of your life? Do you feel centered in in other ways? I... I don't know. What's... What's the ideal situation? Byron wasn't sure. What could solve all of the problems they'd had? Was there some secret sentence that would fix everything they'd been through? Something that I could say? Or Harry? Even Alex? I... I want to feel loved again. Meanwhile, on the Brooklyn-bound F, Alana was processing her own loneliness. Looking for some company, she stopped by our place, but neither of us were home. She sent a text to our group chat. Hey, turtle doves. I let myself in. Will either of you be home soon? I want to hang out. Not till tonight, sad face emoji. I have a late lunch meeting. Sorry, BB. Make yourself comfortable, heart emoji. Sorry, B, purple heart emoji. Have therapy today, sparkly heart emoji. Leftovers in the fridge if you're hungry, soup emoji. Alana did as she was told. She took off her shoes and idly opened the fridge. Y'all, none of this is even vegan. At a loss for social stimulation, Alana flopped onto my bed and opened up Grinder. As she had anticipated, she only had one message from the same weirdo who keeps making new accounts every time she blocked him. She tried Bumble. Nothing. As a last resort, she went on a Tinder right swipe rampage, hoping to find someone, anyone, to link up with. Fifteen minutes after she hit her swipe limit, she got three notifications for matches and managed to arrange a tea date with a conspiracy theorist whose photos displayed an impressive range of flexibility and a love for doing yoga outdoors. The soft flex was just her type. Alana headed toward Astor Place, ordered a matcha and a raspberry brownie, and waited. She alternated bites with nervous glances toward the door, and after 30 minutes, the yogi never showed. Fuck this. Later that night, Byron, Alana, and I were at our favorite happy hour, this Jamaican spot in the village that offers more varieties of rum than I even knew existed. We were waiting on our fourth party, and I felt distracted, conflicted. What I've learned from my history of failed relationships, sleeping around friend circles, and perpetual cheating is that not only does monogamy not work for me, but I need to communicate that better. With Thorne I tried, but now it just feels complicated. A part of me feels like I should call it off with Maya before it gets too messy. But the other part of me feels like I should be able to do what I want, and if Thorne doesn't want to communicate with me, that's on him. I come from a matriarchy of single mothers raising single mothers, a legacy that taught me to never compromise my way of life for a man. Except in my case, this wasn't a man. It was Thorn. And maybe compromise was okay. Was it? I hope they didn't go to the one on Houston by mistake. Byron interrupted my thoughts before they spiraled, thrusting me back into reality. Let them take their time. They're probably getting nasty with Jane. <laughs> Don't remind me. Hey, aren't you at least glad Thorn and I are past the infatuation stage? What stage are we at, though? Our conversation yesterday had me questioning everything. Not with Maya, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He had no idea. I tried not to let Byron's comment bug me. I just didn't feel ready to talk to the group about my drama yet. I decided to take a back seat on the gossip for tonight. Hi. Y'all. I'm low-key catching feelings for Jane. Low-key? She called me her girlfriend, though, which is on one hand cute, but on the other hand, like, am I politically into having slash being a girlfriend? 
And now about me because I'm selfish. And water is wet. Fuck you. I wrote a letter to Alex. Shit, girl. What does it say? Are you gonna send it? Also, Harry isn't texting me back, and I don't know what to do. Okay, okay, hold up. Can we get another round, please? Thanks. We were all conflicted. Alf's hesitation to go steady with Jane, Byron's temptation toward Alex, my lust for Maya. At least Alana knew what she wanted. Y'all, I need a man to wreck me. The next Monday, Alf was sitting in a Chinatown cafe eating dollar bao buns. The kind of lunch you have when you're in between a paycheck and a rent check. They pulled up a photo they'd taken of Jane the night before, feeling butterflies looking at her portrait. Jane sitting on Alf's bed, sunlight reflecting off day-old glitter, the vintage-esque filter adding an extra layer of romance. It was definitely Instagram-worthy, but did posting it say too much? What would their exes and side boos and party smooches think? They hesitated, then clicked post. They expected to get a text or something from Jane, but instead nothing. What was Jane thinking? Where was Jane? Were they moving too fast? Alf tried to think about what else needed to get done that day, or the book they'd been reading, or Terrace House, or just literally anything else beside how cute Jane looked in their bed. Meanwhile, uptown, Alana was decompressing with her girlfriends, a pit bull and a chihuahua. This yogi dude ain't shit. I just can't believe he stood me up like that, you know? I waited on him so long that my matcha got cold. Oh God, finding a date in this city is impossible. My friends are busy all the time. Being at my aunt's house feels so fucking tense. It feels like y'all are the only ones who care about me. You'll never leave me unread, will you? Peanut, spit that shit out right fucking now. I'm gonna fuck you up. Back at home, Byron sat at the kitchen table furiously writing and drinking espresso. I'd walked by a few times through the kitchen, gently asserting my presence in case they needed me, but careful not to interrupt their work. If I had to guess, they were probably reworking their letter to Alex for the millionth time. Wondering if they needed to come up for air, I interjected. Hey boo, I'm gonna order food. You want anything? Mm, yeah, I should probably eat. Got you. Already have the dumpling spot pulled up. The usual? Please, thank you. We ate on the couch, silently watching the one where Charlotte walks out on brunch and Samantha lies for a Birkin. Was that your phone or mine? Where mm, even is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, here it is. It's Maya. It's Harry. Wait, what did she say? No, BB, you first. <laughs> he said, how's it going? Really? How's it going? That's it? That's all that he said? As if everything's just cool and I haven't spent the past three days reeling over whether to text him again to ask him how it's going. Or to forget about him entirely and swipe right through every single person on Tinder, wishing they were Alex? Really? How's it going? I don't even know how to respond to that. <sighs> that sucks. Just... Ask him how his day was and see where the conversation goes. It's good to hear you let this all out, finally. Yeah, well, thanks for listening. What did Maya say? She invited me out tomorrow <gasps> night, but I think I need to say no. Uh, but you were just saying how into her you are. I know, and I am, and I want to go out. I really want to. I think I need to clear things up with Thorn first. Mm, yeah, that's probably best. Yeah. I think I gotta go to bed. I'll make more sense of this in the morning. Good call. Same. Night, BB. I got in bed, plugged in my phone, and set my alarm. Wow. As if someone knew I was thinking about them and looking at my phone in that exact moment. It was Thorne saying goodnight, and he hoped I had a good day. I miss getting sweet texts like that from him, 
They felt few and far between. I scrolled up and up and up, back to older messages, back to before Maya, when there were still sweet texts and cute selfies and butterflies. A pit was left in my stomach where that feeling was supposed to be. Were the butterflies dead? I texted him back. You too, babe. Sleep well. I love you so much. I'm not on anyone's mind at the moment. I'm so free. I'm so alone. My friends are all out of town. The Non-Binary Carrie Bradshaw, Episode 2, Polyamory. Starring Mark Crow as Mars, Alana Ruiz as Alana, Anna Feldman as Elf, Joshua Byron as Byron, Adam Cecil as Therapist, Alfredo Franco as Thorn, and Ali Limbaki as Jane. The Non-Binary Carrie Bradshaw was created and written by Mark Crow, Alana Ruiz, Anna Feldman, and Joshua Byron. Directed by Joshua Byron. Produced by Joshua Byron and Adam Cecil. Editing and sound design by Adam Cecil. Loco by Emily Tat. Featuring Cubicle Cutdown and Quarter Life Crisis by Johnny Darlin. Listen to more at johnnydarlin.bandcamp.com. Find out more about this show at nonbinarycarriebradshaw.com. If you like the non-binary Carrie Bradshaw, check out Transmonogamist on YouTube. Transmonogamist is a web series featuring a lot of your favorite stars from this podcast, including Alana and Mer and Alfredo, and dealing with a lot of the same issues around dating. Search for Transmonogamist on YouTube or go to transmonogamist.com to see this web series that I made with Alfredo and Artless Media. <laughs>